Warning. Only novelty and repetition are possible. Uh, Those are the only two options. And usually it's repetition. It it could be a novel combination of things that are being repeated. uh, But ultimately, like real full on novelty is pretty rare. So it's, it's probably not even worth striving for. It's just novel repetitions. That's totally doable. Whoa! That's my creative voice. Welcome back to the Seriously Creative Podcast. I'm your creative host, Aaron, being creative. And that's your other creative host, Sean. I uh, specialize in repetition. Creative repetition. Yes, of course. I was also just, I learned there's a film called Welcome Back that came out in 2015. And I thought it was a really creative film, but it'd also be a creative way to kind of welcome you back to our show by telling you a little about it. Um, it's a sequel to a movie called Welcome, and it features an ensemble cast. And this is from Wikipedia. How do you know, the do you know this is a creative movie? Have you seen this movie? Uh, I know for a fact that you have not seen this movie. Well, Bollywood <laughs> Bollywood Hungama gave the film 3.5 stars and said, if you enjoy slapstick comedy that defies logic, then Welcome Back is surely a Pazia Vazul entertainment for you. Pazia Vazul? Yeah, I don't know what that means, eh? I didn't read the whole sentence before I started reading it. (laughs) (laughs) That's very creative of you. Thank you. Well, I try to bring creativity to every intro. And so I thought this time, hey, this is a Hindi action comedy film with the same name of what I want to do to the audience, which is welcome them back. Fuck. I'm out of ideas. I'm 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 not creative anymore. God, I'm a fucking fraud. I've always been a fraud. I have no creative ideas. I'm a complete loser. Everything I've ever made is bullshit. It's terrible. And I should probably kill myself or go into the box making industry or something equally uncreative because that's about all I'm good for. Well, wait, no, but let's break this down because I feel like you had some interesting and creative ideas for what to do with your life if you had no creativity. First, you suggested that you might kill yourself. Yeah. Um, Is that then, that creative? Well, it's a creative response to what most people wouldn't perceive as a problem <laughs> at all. Uh, but it, no, but you also said work at a box factory. That's kind of uh, that's kind of neat. <laughs> I guess so. Like something Thank that you. an uncreative person would do, like. That's that's good. Uh, uh, what's that called? The sidestepping thinking, uh, uh, lateral lateral thinking? thinking. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's good lateral thinking. You're like, <laughs> if I'm not creative, then I should work at a box making factory. But I got a lot of problems with the stuff you said about yourself. That's negative self talk. Yeah, and, no, that's uh, true. <laughs> I was just like, I feel like I don't know the the process of creative people has a lot of self doubt in it. At least mine does, and I've heard from many others that that's just something you deal with a lot of the time. Like you oscillate between like, I'm the greatest, the most genius thing ever. God, I'm so, this is perfect. I'm, I'm amazing. And like, wow, everything I've done is hack, terrible garbage and I'm useless. Why am I even trying? T.S. Eliot said that uh, anxiety is the handmaiden of creativity. Ooh. Oh yeah. And uh, Peza Vazul uh, is Hindi and it means value for money. So... <laughs> Welcome back oh, is good. a good value for money picture. If you just want to get in, have a right, good right, entertaining right. experience, some slapstick that defies logic. Great movie at a great price. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And Yay. welcome back. And yeah. you're welcome. You're welcome for being welcomed. This can't be right, right? <laughs> 
This episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by a creative new food that Sean and I just invented uh, during the break. It's called a lemon butter pepper jelly salmon sandwich. Oh, yum, yum. I'm so hungry. And this lemon butter pepper jelly salmon sandwich is really hitting the spot. Where did you get the idea from this? Bolt of lightning hit my head and I was like, what if I combined lemon butter, pepper jelly, salmon into a sandwich? I love all those individual parts, but I'd never think to put them all together. And so I have to thank you. I have to thank whatever touched you. And I have to thank the producers of this bread, obviously, and the guy who caught the salmon. And the, don't don't forget the lemon butter and the pepper jelly. Yeah. And all of the, the hardworking hands that went into that. We call that praxeology. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Just goes to show you how easy it is to be creative and make up new things. Find me one goddamn lemon butter pepper jelly salmon sandwich before the date of the publish of this episode, and I'll eat my hat. Because know what? We invented that shit. It's 100% new. And hats don't taste very good. Not like a lemon butter pepper jelly salmon sandwich, which is what this episode is brought to you by. Yeah, I might put a little lemon butter and pepper jelly on that hat just to be able to eat it. Oh, you should try some salmon, too. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a creative idea for eating a hat. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, Sean, what do you think creativity is? I think that creativity is, well, it's a couple things. It depends (laughs) what you mean by it. Um. (laughs) Well, I think that it's tapping into your soul and your intuition and allowing them to guide what you make. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's... That's actually what Bernadette Jiwa thinks it is. I tricked you. I, oh, I said you that's mean, what I thought. You're but. talking about brand guru, Bernadette, <laughs> Bernadette Jiwa? Is that what she actually is, a brand guru? I'm pretty sure Bernadette Jiwa is a brand guru. Uh, Bernadette Jiwa. I saw the brand storyteller. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't sure if that was... She's yep. a recognized global authority on the role of story in business, innovation and marketing, and the author of five best-selling books. <laughs> yeah, so she's all about narrative and stuff like we are. She's like the narrative of your business. She's the capitalist version of us. We're like the narrative of society and politics are important. And she's like, the narrative of your business is important. So that's what Bernadette Jiwa says. Tap into your soul and intuition and allow them to guide what you make. <laughs> But is it when you realize how corporatized she is, it, it feels more hollow than it felt originally. I mean, it's kind of true. Like what she's saying is kind of true. I mean, intuition in that it's like a creativity comes from a part of your brain that isn't the kind of language. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not just like, it's not just a logical process. There's got to be those jumps. Like we mentioned lateral thinking in the intro and the idea of lateral thinking is it's like associative. It's like you take an idea and move to something kind of related, kind of not. Like one of the things I was reading about in terms of creativity was the role of psychedelics and the idea of like, do psychedelics increase creativity? And one of the technical things that psychedelics do do that people say could be associated with enhanced creativity is uh, increased lateral thinking. So like puts your brain in a hyper associative state where things seem to be meaningfully connected 
that maybe wouldn't seem to be meaningfully connected in a normal brain. Uh, and by exploring those seemingly meaningful connections, sometimes you can come up with something that actually uh, is like an interesting idea. Although sometimes it might just sound like, <laughs> yo, man, what if ducks had glasses on? <laughs> I don't know. What but I'm it turns about. out that if you make a Photoshop of that, it is fucking sweet. And it was a good idea. Yeah. Ducks with glasses on. <laughs> yeah. See, I just pulled that out of nowhere. It's yeah, my where genius that, of creativity. Where did that come from? That's uh, like I'm magic. Just using my soul and intuition to guide what I make. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like the part of your brain that deals with language, it, it's, it's a very limited part of the overall brain structure, but it's also how we consciously respond to our own thoughts is through language. So like, invariably if we're going to talk about our own brain it's going to be done through language so as a result there's like a feeling of maybe like kind of a separation there like arthur kostler who is a journalist i had no idea who he was i just found this quote mm -hmm. he said that creative activity is a type of learning process where the teacher and pupil are located in the same individual mm -hmm. um but I, I think it's because like the things that our brain does that is not linguistic it's not like logical it's not from that one part of our brain that is doing that it can feel like an outsider like invariably you're using language to refer to other parts of the brain so there's kind of like an implicit sort of separation there do you feel like you think in words or do you feel like you think in images or like more pure thought forms more more <laughs> often like, I, th I think we all like kind of think in a mix of them, but I, I feel like I tend to be a very word oriented thinker. I'd say a mix. And I think with doing art and writing both, there's a little bit of a, a back and forth. For example, art is a, has a feedback loop in it. Like when I'm doing art, my hand can't do exactly what I imagine in my head. Mm -hmm. And I'll actually very rarely try to plan exactly what it's going to look like. I just have an idea of like the direction that I want to go. Yeah. And then it's kind of like a feedback loop process where I'm watching what appears. What yeah, what what I'm creating then feeds into like what I would ideally like to see and then trying to fill in those gaps and like so and I feel like it's the same with language and writing like I don't totally think in language and it, it does feel like sometimes it feels like the part of your brain that isn't dealing with language is presenting something to another part of your brain that it's pieced together in a pre-linguistic form of thought, which would make sense. Like, why would we run all logic through language? Like, that would be a really inefficient use of brain resources. And then uh, I guess we'll do a bit here, hey? Time for time for a bit. Yeah, yeah. No, we should do like a funny. Yeah, like a little interstitial sort of gag-based in-character thing. Brainstorm. Let's get creative. Let's yeah. think of some ideas. Uh, what if? What if you and I talk to each other? Yeah. We'll okay. say things. You could do one of those key, like a keyboard. And we um, can, what if we made it funny? I like that idea. Yeah. So maybe one of us likes creativity, and the other thinks creativity is bad. Yeah, kind of. I guess bring it over yeah. the top. Haven't really got an angle on it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, no ideas are flowing. Yeah. No, this is just one of those moments where you hate yourself. Where you're like, yeah. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. Yeah, it's making me doubt that anything that we've ever done on this show was actually funny. Like, because what did these ideas we're coming up with? Another keyboard bit? Yeah, no, it's, I'm embarrassed even to consider that. <sighs> oh!
floating baby. I'm Sparkle Baby. Uh, hi there, baby. Hi. What are you doing here, appearing out of thin air? I'm amused from beyond space and time. I'm going to give you creative ideas. In fact, all creative ideas you've ever had are sourced in me, not you. Oh, oh okay. Really? So, so it's your fault that we're not having any ideas. It's my fault that you're about to get the best idea you ever had. Sparkle Baby! Holy shit, I got it. It's a sandwich. Wait for it. Okay. Lemon butter pepper jelly <gasps> salmon sandwich. Lemon butter pepper jelly salmon sandwich. That's really creative. That's amazing. This is Thank a game you. changer. It's a game you. Well, changer. It's not from me. It's from the muse. Now let's do the old lemon butter pepper jelly sketch. I'm a wealthy industrialist. Okay. Who's uh, at a sandwich restaurant. And I ask you for the specials. And then you tell me what the special is, and I'm shocked because I've never heard something so creative. Okay, sounds good. Sounds <clears throat> good. Go. Oh, hello, good sir. I'm a wealthy industrialist. Uh, would you please uh, let me know what your sandwich special of the day is, please? Oh, of course, of course, sir. Uh, well, today we have actually an extra special uh, chef special sandwich. Oh, and good. Delightful. It's called the lemon butter pepper jelly salmon sandwich. What? You heard me. That's lemon butter pepper jelly salmon sandwich. It's so good. What You'll, is, it's what is happening? That's crazy. That's too creative. Ah! Oh my god. The wealthy industrialist died. He was just so shocked at the creativity of the sandwich. Chef, chef, it happened again. Another another customer died when they heard about what your sandwich was. Oh my goodness. I shouldn't be so creative. I create such a big problem. The biggest problem to me is that now these people never get to taste this sandwich. The sandwich is so tasty. If only they taste, instead they die of shock from creativity. Oh well, I'll clear out the body. Okay, I'm gonna go back being creative in the kitchen. <laughs> Remember to thank Sparkle Baby for all your ideas. That's where your ideas come from. Oh, Sparkle Baby. I don't believe in that stupid wish wash. The idea comes from me. Camera pans up. Sparkle Baby's in the corner. He winks at the waiter. Waiter winks back. Eh, they'll let the chef believes what he believes. It's okay. Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, said that creativity is the strange partnership between a human being's labor and the mystery of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I find all these quotes funny. I like I really like a lot of them, but the thing that I like about them is that when I was trying to research on this topic, first I was looking through all these attempts to systematize creativity and like divide yeah. it up into <laughs> different uh like this these are the different types of creativity and there's so many different like versions of this out there that you can find and i'm i felt like these poetic things get at it a little bit better like henry rollins says it's interpreting something that you saw or experienced and processing it so it comes out different than how it went in that's more of like a remix version of creativity or copying smarter that's lisa barone which is a much more pithy way to say what Henry Rollins just said. 
Yeah, I found all the all the narratives of what the the functions of creativity. I found them all super dry and boring and actually annoying because they were just so arbitrary and they were so useless. I mean, I didn't read them all, and maybe there's good models of creativity out there, and maybe I didn't give these models of creativity a fair shot. <laughs> but I was actually like straight up angry at my computer today. <laughs> no, I know I could tell when you were talking this morning when you first got to my house. You're just like fucking stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> this thing was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it just and I'll justify that very briefly by just saying that it didn't provide me any useful information that that I could somehow either leverage into better or more creative action or even just it didn't give me something I could hold as understanding the way things work. I didn't feel like it was touching at the way things work. It was entirely just about like drawing arbitrary lines and categories and then sometimes like very selectively poetically kind of describing these categories but in a way that was just like super rigid and cold and boring yeah it's almost like trying to systematize what creativity is is you like you have to kill the frog to dissect it like you can't <laughs> it, it, creativity is one of those things that's like not easily cordoned off into bits and pieces and understood by breaking it apart into little things. It's it's just one of those things that's hard to talk about with specifically. You have to kind of point at it rather than, oh, I can like break it down into these pieces. A chair has so many pieces. It has the legs, it has the back, it has the seat, it has the armrests. Those are the pieces of a chair. Not so easy to do with creativity. Well, it applies to a couple different things. Like you could look at the spark of like a new idea as the moment of creativity and like define creativity very narrowly as like an internal process happening in someone's brain. Or you could look at creativity based on outcome, like doing a painting is more creative than not doing a painting, even if the painting itself isn't very creative, like it's right. so boring. Yeah, or, as someone who had a really, really interesting, innovative idea for a painting that they never made. Is that more creative than someone who made like a derivative painting of a cottage that people have seen a million times before? Like, yeah, or like you know. tried to copy Bob Ross and like did it really bad. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but that's like, that's actually going back to the Elizabeth Gilbert thing, the partnership between labor and inspiration. You need both of those halves. Like if you just have the idea, like maybe that's creative, but if you don't put in the work to make the thing, then it's only one half of actually being creative because you can't say you created something if you didn't create anything, if you just had the idea to create something. Like people have really great ideas for stories all the time. Like, oh, I could write a novel. Like I have this idea for it. But like, if you don't actually sit down and write it, like you didn't create anything. Mm -hmm. If you don't put in the hundreds of hours it takes to make an album, write a novel, yeah, make a video game, whatever it's you could be the most creative person in the world in that way. Um, but if there's no follow through and like uh, discipline and uh, all the things that come into the actual process of create. So it's kind of like d different d definitions floating around. It's one of the reasons it feels hard to like systematize as a whole. I think my ultimate answer to the, what is creativity thing is that it's like the famous quote on what is pornography. You know it when you see it. Like the distinction between like a pornography and nudes, like it's hard to, it's hard to tell, you know, it when you see it, I think it's the same thing with creativity. It's not something you can just like make a definition for, but you, people know what it is when they see it. I think if, if I got to sum it up really quickly, what my definition of creativity is, it's 
creativity is the result of reshuffling psychic material, which is unconscious to the individual and thereby only seems spontaneous. People are conditioned by their environment. They've got inputs that feed the capacity and breadth of their imagination and their ability to remix information. And the psychic material shuffled in ways that appear spontaneous to the outside, but are uh, actually completely mechanical, internalized to um, a set of overlapping skill sets that everyone has in various degrees. So a highly creative person might have an intersection between a lot of intelligence, a a breadth on a knowledge and capacity to think laterally or other similar things that we uh, don't have definitions for, but are material in nature. Um, Either that or or the soul thing, like floating ghosts around that give people ideas. The muses. The muses, yeah. Yeah, the muses send inspiration. Mm -hmm. Daddy. Uh, yes, son. I was at the school today and we were supposed to paint pictures and the teacher said we had to come up with creative ideas to paint pictures creative Mm -hmm. and I didn't come up with any ideas. So how do you get creative ideas? Oh, well, that's a really good question, son. And I thank you for honoring me by asking it that way. You're welcome. All creative ideas come from a muse. A muse? Yeah, it's called Sparkle Baby. And it's a little floating, sparkling baby that goes across time and space. And it's the source of all good ideas. What gender is the baby? Uh, That is a really good question. I've always just seen it as more of a genderless thing but i actually don't know for sure oh that's a smart question you got a touch of the sparkle baby there with that question because that's creative oh so that question came from the baby well yeah everything interesting or positive or creative or anything like that is channeled directly through us from sparkle baby not from me yeah no it's not from you at all anything good comes from sparkle baby anything bad impure uh anytime that you can't do what you want to do you can't come up with an idea that comes from you and your fallen flesh your well your perverted flesh that's where that comes from my flesh is a perverted yes Mm. yeah thank you for telling me yeah no problem son i have one other question for you sure shoot shoot little guy where do babies come from not sparkle baby but normal babies uh come on sparkle baby give me something babies come from um a plane an airplane yeah an airplane will actually land at the hospital and drop off the babies to the new parents where does the plane get it from the plane doesn't get it it comes from plane oh yeah okay that's the full answer so okay daddy yeah if you just leave me to my work now what are you working on uh come on sparkle baby give me something i'm working on a plane Okay, thank you, Dad. Bye. Thank you, son. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay, so I know you hated all the models of creativity. Pretty much, yeah. But let's uh, let's take a look at a few of them, and you tell me why they suck. Okay. Here's one. um, I'll try to be fair. You know, I'm not going to just tell you why they suck. I'll try to be fair. Okay. But they just happen to mostly suck. This is a this is a model of the process of creativity. This is a process model uh, by Poincare and von Helmholtz, <laughs> built on early accounts of the creative process by pioneering thesis Graham Wallace and Max Wertheimer. It's a five step model. 
One, preparation. Preparatory work on a problem that focuses the individual's mind on the problem and explores the problem's dimensions. Part two, incubation, where the problem is internalized into the unconscious mind and nothing appears to be happening externally, that you're just incubating. Part three is intimation. The creative person gets, gets a little feeling that the solution is on the way. Part four is illumination or insight, where the creative idea bursts forth from its pre-conscious processing into conscious awareness. And then part five is verification, where the idea is consciously verified, elaborated, and then applied. What, what do you think about that, that model of creative insight? It's, yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, do you prep, incubate, intimate, illuminate, and then verify? Is that how you create things sean no no it's it's <laughs> stupid it's it's like in a sense sure like but it's it's like the power of myth thing like where it's just like now you opened the wooded door and it's like every story goes this way where you open a, metaf a metaphorical wooded door like it's just i don't know it's it's really fine it's not as bad as it gets but there's a step for having a feeling you're gonna have an idea and then there's a step for getting the idea <laughs> It's like, it's really like, what kind of a fucking cycle is that? You're just like, first you prepare for having the, like in the sense, yes, you're imprinted on by the world, your experiences in that sense. Sure. There's a preparatory period for creativity for, for any idea. There's different elements that you've picked up through your life or recently. And I, when, when, the feeling, having a feeling you're about to have an idea is not part of the process. It's not like, a step. You got to cut that step out <laughs> bad. Unless there's something I don't understand about it. That is a stupid step. The thing about this that felt true to me, the part of it that seemed to map on uh, to it was is very specifically the incubation period thing, because very often when I'm facing a problem in some, like say we're preparing for a podcast or I'm like trying to figure out some issue with the story that I'm writing or something, if it's not coming to me, a lot of the time the best thing to do is just to not consciously think about it, to just like go away from it and then like when i'm not focused on it sometimes those intimations come i'm like oh yeah i mean maybe i got a hint of something that makes sense there and then like and then i have it a little bit later and i th that that part makes sense to me it feels true to what i've experienced yeah i think i mean incubation is a maybe it's a way to describe <laughs> not thinking about the problem for a while yeah right incubation is where the problem is internalized into the unconscious mind and nothing externally appears to be happening yeah i guess maybe i did interpret that a bit but okay so to be hypercritical here and i'm perfectly okay with with this step it's it's actually fine but just to be super sure. hypercritical sure on any given problem if you're looking at creativity as problem solving on any given problem if you don't get to the solution right away you've only got one other option and that's stop thinking about the problem and then if at any point you come upon the solution to the problem you'll begin thinking about the problem again <laughs> so it's not it's 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 like saying that your keys are always in the last place you look because you stop looking right and right, then right. they're assigning some values to this period of not thinking about the problem which may very well there may be something going on in your right, in our right, brain right. we don't understand or maybe not like maybe that's just you're actually just not, thinking about the groceries and shit. sometimes <laughs> the problem like you just do get the answer right away like what should i do with this part oh yeah i should do this thing and there's like not really 
that gap. Uh, but then, and, and and that's one option. And then the only other option is that you stop thinking <laughs> about it for a while. Gap, yes. until, yeah. Okay. How about this model? What is creativity? Uh, like according to Bowdoin brackets, 1998, I don't know. This is what the copy thing I pasted down. Uh, there are three mi- main types of creativity. Number one is the combinational creativity that involves combining familiar ideas into something new. Number two is exploratory creativity that involves the generation of new ideas by the exploration of structured concepts. And three is transformational creativity that involves the transformation of some dimension of the structure into a new structure. (laughs) What do you think about that, Sean? Um, All three of them are just the first one repeated in specific instances. (laughs) No, one was combining two familiar things. Oh, just two, like... Oh, well, no, sorry, combining familiar things. Sorry, okay. it could be more than two. Not including concepts, though. Because uh, concepts is its own step. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> one was combining ideas or concepts. One okay. was exploring structured concepts. So it's not combining things, it's just exploring structured concepts. What the concepts. fuck does that mean? And the third one was transforming (laughs) structures. It's not word salad. It's not word salad. I got a a problem with this one. (laughs) Um, Combining. Yes. Exploring. That's a really fuzzy metaphor you got there. Mm -hmm. Exploring Mm -hmm. concept structures. Uh, Yeah. Exploring structured concepts, structured concepts. I mean, I kind of get what you're saying, but that's, you're just ultimately, what do you do after you're done exploring is you combine them. Like, we're just, it's fucking. Well, here, how, how about this model? Here's another Wait, what's model. The, what's the third one? Because I'm uh, pretty oh, sure it's also redundant. Tra- transformational. So, um, <laughs> involves transforming some dimension of the structure into a new s- structure. Oh, different than. One's uh, exploring the structure, the okay, other well, one is transforming the structure. Okay, well, uh, combining ideas or trans- transforming well. dimensions. Which. <laughs> Uh, transforming the dimensions of ideas like two separate steps i've just invented them no not steps uh, oh, just yeah. types yeah, two sorry, separate types. types two separate types yeah it's all one type you've described one thing oh i saw that you just got your hair done that's uh it's a really creative look really creative we enjoy so much having joshua at our school He's certainly one of the more creative kids that we have. He's always creating kind of new ways to behave and, you know, he's always got something creative under his fingernails. We're excited to have him. Oh, you, you made dinner for me. Oh, that's great. That's great. Here, let me, uh, let me taste it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's creative. Cre- creative. Thanks. Thanks for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty. That's that's interesting. Um, kind of a creative use of company time. Oh, your new your new boyfriend. Uh, well, I mean, creative choice on your part, I guess. It's, you know, if you're happy, then then that's great. Oh, Sean, Aaron, I just listened to the new episode of your show. Yeah. Um, it was, it was creative. I'll say that. It was creative. 
Oh, yeah, I finally got around to reading that uh, your PhD thesis you wanted me to give you some notes on. You know, I don't, I don't really know what to say. It's, uh, it's creative. It's a, cre- it's a creative thesis you got there. I don't think anyone else would have thought of that. That is, uh, that's creative math right there, you know? I'm not sure that a, a calculator would come to that same conclusion, but I gotta hand it to you. That is an interesting and creative, unorthodox use of mathematical symbols. So, hats off to you. I gotta think of one more to end the bit. I, uh, I don't know. Just one more derogatory creative thing. I don't know. Sparkle Baby? Can you help me, Sparkle Baby? Tell them that you hate yourself. Thanks, Sparkle Baby. I hate myself. Okay, so here's here's another model of different types of creativity. It's like a, a four quadrants. Picture four quadrants. Okay. Along the top, it says cognitive and emotional. And along the side, it says deliberate and spontaneous. So there's deliberate cognitive creativity. That's like the example they give is Thomas Edison. So he was like thinking about this problem deliberately using his so brain. Wait, pe- so people deliberately, go on the spectrum? What's that? People go on the spectrum. Uh, th- it's just an example. Okay, okay. It's a, an example of deliberate cognitive creativity is uh, like Thomas Edison or any, and I think any scientist who's putting their mind to a problem. Then there's uh, deliberate emotional creativity, which is like going to therapy and like you've realized something about yourself. You're trying to uh, have an emotional realization deliberately and you do. And then there's spontaneous uh, cognitive creativity, which is like Newton and the apple is the example they give. So the apple drops down. He wasn't trying to figure that out. It just, it just came to him when the apple came. And uh, creative versus structured. It's uh, deliberate, spontaneous, and then cognitive and emotional. So you can have deliberate cognitive, deliberate emotional, or spontaneous cognitive and spontaneous emotional. Genius, right? It's uh, really maps creativity well. It helps you, helps you out to know this, these distinctions. It is, it is fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, it's certainly one lens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And the last model, the last model I'm going to toss at you one that I already know you think is stupid because I mentioned it before we were recording is the 4C model of creativity. Mm. There's mini C, which is just personally meaningful interpretations of experiences. So it's like the mini bits of creativity that are involved in changing your own thoughts about something. There's little C, which is everyday creative thoughts and actions that impact not just you, but your zone of influence as well. So like, you have a creative idea, you share it with someone else, you write a little song with your friends uh, or sing to your friends and your little C, like everyday creativity, not just internal, but external as well. Then there's pro C, which is uh, creative acts of people who are experts or experienced. So like, you know, graphic designers, people who are professional musicians, 
people who've taken it on themselves to really get a creative skill and learn it well. They've become professional on it. They're in organizations. They've worked at it and they've gotten some mastery of it. And then there's big C, which is eminent creativity of exceptional people who have a lasting impact on culture, society, and the world and are remembered. So that's like your pro C, but you're all, you're so fucking good at it that you become like, you know, the Beatles or whatever. Illuminating. That's what I would say about that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting to think about the difference between when you said the first one, I think there's something kind of thought provoking there. I mean, the whole thing, it's fine. This is actually probably the best out of the oh, ones good. that you've listed. <laughs> It's still just kind of like arbitrary, like, I guess it's relevant to have like an impact in a lot of people's minds because we're all building on shared knowledge in some way. So like if someone achieves being in that last level or just happens to be taxonomically in that level for some reason, it's true that that has some creative significance because creativity is happening in a shared space. No, I'm coming around to this one. This one's all right. I don't like the titles mini C and stuff. It's kind of stupid, but (laughs) kind of dumb. That's a little bit of being like one of the features of creativity theories is just being super dumb. And (laughs) that's the point where this particular theory shows that it's dumb. Just the the names. Mini C. The dumb. What are they? Mini C, Mega C. Mini C, Little C, Pro C, and Big C. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. My, my thoughts about all these things is like, it's like, you know, that touching the elephant metaphor. It's like, it's, you can't just describe creativity in one go. All these things are like, you're drawing these artificial distinctions and they all have limited usefulness and yeah, it's okay. It's like political charts, like all political charts inherently lose definition because the actual domain of political thought is not a two dimensional chart or even a three dimensional chart. It's like, it's the real world. It's like almost infinitely dimensional. I don't want to say infinite, but there's so much there. You can't condense it into a chart. And the same thing is true of creativity. So it's all kind of just limited usefulness, all these things. See, I, I don't feel like creativity is that complicated. I just feel like everyone's off the mark. <laughs> I, I don't think it's complicated, but I think it's ineffable i think it's it's hard to describe i think i think it's effable i think it's hyper effable (laughs) go creativity results from reshuffling psychic (laughs) material which is unconscious (laughs) to the individual and thereby only seems spontaneous people are conditioned by their environment and inputs throughout their life to have a capacity and breadth of human imagination and capacity to mix ideas together remix things modify elements of them and imagine things that don't exist the psychic material shuffled in a way that seems spontaneous and is often helpful in problem solving that's creativity yeah, I think that's about as useful as the 4C model. That's okay. That's an all right definition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. My teen is out of control. So creative. He won't stop creating things all day long. Like he gets home from school, he's painting, he's making sculptures, he's making new foods, he's making new inventions. He invented a way to clean all the plastic out of the oceans last week. It's just like, stop, do teenage things, get drunk, date, vandalize something. I don't know. It's like, it's awful. I, I know what to do. I'll call Teen Patrol. Hello, you've reached the Teen Patrol hotline. Our business hours are now closed. 
If it is an emergency, stay on the line. You are now connecting to Teen Patrol After Hours. A $79 connection fee will apply. If this is okay with you, stay on the line. Oh, $79, it's a lot of money, but uh, this is an emergency. I don't think it can wait till morning. He's up there right now creating things. Bedroom, we won't go to bed. <clears throat> hey, uh, Teen Patrol. Teen Patrol After Hours, how can I help you? Hey, my teen is just way too creative. It's uh, causing huge problems, rifts uh, in the family. Oh, no. Yeah. He fixed my shoes last week. What? He drew a tattoo on his mother while she was sleeping. Beautiful tattoo. Sounds like someone needs to bring that teen to heal. Can you send someone? Yeah, yeah, we can definitely send someone. Um, our regular office hours, we start at 8.30 a.m. tomorrow, so we could send someone crack of the morning. Could you send anyone right now? He's up there creating things right now. I can't get any sleep. Yeah, we can. It's just extremely expensive. Is money an object to you? You know what? No. Money is no object. I need you to stop this teen now. All right. Well, sending someone right away um, should be there pretty shortly. If you open up your Teen Patrol app, you can oh, actually yeah. see where the teen stopper is driving. Oh, that's so neat. <clears throat> and I know you want someone there right away. It might take as much as 25, 35 minutes. I'm sorry for that delay. But if it's any consolation, um, on the Teen Patrol app, there is a 24-hour Teen Stoppers radio station that's designed to soothe and comfort parents. Oh, well, you guys really thought of everything, didn't you? It's a full-service yeah, teen, teen Patrol. We are know? full service. You know, I remember when I was a kid and my dad would call Teen Patrol on me. They didn't have any of these amenities. It's modern age we live in. Things have really changed, but I'm going to let you go because my time is extremely valuable. See you later. Okay, bye. Thanks for your help. Do you think anyone can be creative if they, like, try? Or do you think some people are just born with the creativity gene? <laughs> um, it's, in general, yes. There's probably exceptions. I mean, no, there, there literally is exceptions. Like, there's people in comas and stuff. Right, right, right. Or someone, like, with a severe, like, learning disability might not be as yeah able to do certain creative tasks. I don't know my whole way inside and out that, the statistics, how many there are and stuff. But generally speaking, a regular human function would include creativity. The same way that having five fingers on each hand is a regular function, although there are exceptions. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. In personality psychology, one of the main models people use is called the big five. And um, one of the dimensions, one of the five personality dimensions is openness, which is supposed to be basically the creativity dimension. And according to that way of thinking about things, people are either like high in openness or not. And that doesn't really change that much, no matter what. Like <laughs> just kind of your personality on these five markers interventions do very little to change that so according to this model you're kind of either born with the creative gift or you're not i feel like that's probably true to an extent and that these i i think openness is a, like a it's like a temperamental issue and the, the way i kind of wanted to boil this down in my head was that anyone could learn to be creative because i do think there's a mechanical process involved of just like 
trying different things or like trying to combine different ideas and like like one of the writing podcasts i listened to basically just said just take two ideas from things that already exist and put them together and like there you have a creative idea it's like it's super easy anyone can make creative ideas (laughs) and then just like go with what are the consequences of that and explore it but i think anyone could learn to be creative but i don't think anyone everyone can be interested in learning to be creative does that make sense Yeah, yeah. It's like anyone could learn to fix clocks, but not everyone can want to fix clocks (laughs) because you can't really control what your interests are. That's kind of how I think about it. Like it's a process that anyone could technically learn, but not everybody will want to learn it. And also it's probably a lot easier for some people to learn it. And some people do have more ability in that area than others. And it just comes to them more naturally than others, which would probably contribute to how much you'd want to learn it if it's really hard for you or if it's really easy for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. A people, mix of both. People have capacities. Yeah. yeah ranges yeah, of capacities that can be developed, but there's probably you know a hard limit on everything. You can't get better at seeing all of a sudden unless you get a laser shot at it. In that same way, I think we could put technology in our brain to make us more creative. I'm sure that's possible. I don't, in theory, yeah, <laughs> for sure. We'd have to understand <laughs> what definition of creative we're using at the time before we altered our brain around it. <laughs> yeah, w- one of the things that's part of openness, the personality dimension, is curiosity. So it's just like, yeah, if you don't have curiosity or openness to new ideas, then you're not going to end up making a lot of creative works. It doesn't mean you can't. It just means that you're not inclined to. I think creativity is also based on expertise of when we're talking about creativity as production, like you can't write a TV pilot unless you understand all these interesting little dynamics of TV pilots and not just like how they're sold, but like how they're written and and what structure television pilots generally take. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. like if you want to be a painter, you have to know like how the paints that you use, at least how they feel, how they interact with each other, stuff like that is really expertise is, is part of creativity is something that, yeah, it's possible for everyone to develop for the most part, unless you have no hands or whatever. But even then we can find ways. Yeah. You could paint, uh, <laughs> use it, putting a paintbrush in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. With your feet. I know some people draw with their feet. Yeah. 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 Totally. Or with their retina on a television screen that matches where their <laughs> looks where their eye is, and you wink to send ink. <laughs> Every ink. time you wink, it changes color, and then you're just like pink, and whoo, draw a little bit there. That'd be cool. <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely unambiguously both. It's both uh, a process and also a skill, right? Yeah, and we know because we are creative geniuses. Yep. <laughs> no, and I think it's actually more God's creation that we discover, and it is glorious, and yeah, it's revealed to us because uh, we've pleased God somehow, <laughs> uh, which I'm which I'm in favor of. So I'm I'm happy to hear that, and I'm glad glad that, that we pleased God enough to for Him he, to he share His us. bounty of creation with <laughs> us and allow us to be the discoverers, the kind of archaeologists of the good Lord's amazing podcasts. <laughs> well, yeah, the divine inspiration model of creativity, like in that thing that you've spieled off twice now, part of what you said was that it seems to be spontaneous because it comes from unconscious processes. And like, that's definitely like 
true of my experience of creating things is sometimes you just get these fully formed ideas. And like, I definitely see why people think, oh, that came from the muses that came from outside of me because mm. you're just like, I didn't build that piece by piece consciously. Anyway, it came from the incubation period. Thank you to that wonderful model. Uh, I incubated it and then it, uh, I had the intimation and then it popped out and I, <laughs> the, it, it seemed like it was coming from the, the muses. Incubation. It came God from the incubation. just touched bing idea bing bing bong use your ideas <laughs> bing bong bing well in the the war of art one of my favorite pro creativity books pieces of propaganda he talks about how every day before he he does his writing he actually recites the invocation of the muses i think from the Iliad or something. I don't know where it's from. It's like a prayer to the muses of like, please give me ideas. Oh, great muses. And like, he finds that that helps him. And um, yeah, so I don't know, like it's, it's potentially useful to conceive of it that way, whether or not you want to believe that there's actual muses. I could see the advantages to that too, like removing responsibility from your creativity. So you're not putting pressure on yourself because that can impede creativity. If you're like, Oh, I have to write this. It needs to be perfect. It's coming from me. Right. Like, uh, when, whereas like a lot of good writing will come out of when you're able to kind of lose yourself in the process and just start spewing (laughs) without (laughs) thinking about it too much. And just like going with the letting the muse guide your hand. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I guess I believe in that now. (laughs) If I could take, if I could take back my summary of creativity, I'd sum it up to discovering creativity of God's perfect vision for what you're doing slash ghosts. And now for the story of Sparkle Baby, the God of creativity. A long time ago, there was a muse, a floating sparkling baby from beyond time and space that gave humanity all of their creative ideas. Human beings were like fleshy little non-creative, pathetic gray robots, FM radios at best, that could occasionally channel some of this beautiful, spontaneous, glorious spirit from beyond, Sparkle Baby, the floating, sparkling baby of creativity. Until one day, Sparkle Baby was... um, in a bet yeah we grew grew up first before yeah. the bet it became a sparkle teen and then a sparkle man <laughs> yeah <laughs> or so sparkle the- adult it's yeah. still genderless i don't know mm-hmm. so sparkle baby grows into a sparkle adult and then has a bet with we were saying the god of fire yeah like a god of another aspect uh, another aspect <laughs> of humanity <laughs> Spark- sparkle baby had a had a high stakes bet with the god of another aspect and uh maybe lost the no no but it's uh, actually like a gamble feels really mythological but it also is not the angle i want this story to have yeah, because you want sparkle baby to it's a gift or sparkle adult to give the gift of creativity yeah, so the, I mean, spoiler alert, but the end of this myth, the idea is that Sparkle Baby grows into a Sparkle Man or a Sparkle Adult, and in that, in gaining maturity, decides to also give humanity maturity and give them the capacity to rearrange their psychic matter in a way that seems spontaneous and creative from the outside but they can do it themselves it's a great gift and a sacrifice for him because you know before that he was the source of all creative ideas and now he's giving that away it's a very jesus like Mm -hmm. 
and no longer the bottleneck of human innovation. Right. Which is good for uh, me. For us, for all of us. That's why yeah, we yeah. get to make this podcast. Thank you, yeah, Every Sparkle human Man. is Im- Im- imbued with the creative potential that was once, once reserved only for Sparkle Baby. I know you kind of were like iffy about this. I like the idea that Sparkle Man, like dissolves himself into all people or they consume him somehow like oh yeah yeah the, the humans the humans fight sparkle man <laughs> and then consume him and then they gain like this is the mythological yeah i wasn't thinking of, fighting them because then it's not a gift again but if he like is willingly gives, gives himself as food as food it's <laughs> like gulliver's travels except they're eating him and he's the muse of all human creativity yeah and it's like at the beginning of time yeah yeah i could dig that that feels that feels, mm-hmm. something, there's a, there's a little something, bit of sparkle in all of us now. Something on that spectrum is what happened. And now we all have creativity. And the rest is up to you, little creative thinker you, because you were given the gift of creativity from Sparkle Baby as they grew up into Sparkle Adult and was dissolved across humanity. Uh, praise be to Sparkle Adult. <laughs> the end. All right. Well, I guess that I guess that about wraps it up. We we got it all. Hey, I think. I think we uh, checked them all off. We got to the bottom of it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, thanks to the ghosts and the ghouls for providing everything <laughs> that we think and say on the show by putting it in our brain. Oh uh, fuck! You know what, dude? I don't know. I actually think this was terrible, and we didn't cover at all what we needed to cover. We're like total fucking hacks, and this episode sucked. And I don't even know why we do this podcast. We're fucking idiots. It was ridiculous. Yeah, for some reason that rings true this time. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. Self-doubt is uh, always true, and uh, we should listen to it, so let's just not release this one. Uh, when we get to the part of the show when Aaron and I start asking for monthly donations on Patreon in exchange for bonus episodes and other cool bonuses, I like to imagine that you're imagining that suddenly we get like black bands around our eyes and we're wearing striped shirts and we're holding a big bag with a money sign on it and pointing a gun at you and pointing to the bag the whole time. <laughs> they give us $6 a month. We'll give you bonus episodes. We really appreciate it. It makes a big difference. That's how I feel. So hopefully that's how you see us. Yeah, hopefully that's how it comes across because that's kind of been the gag this whole time. Yeah, yeah. So you can do that on Patreon or on our website through PayPal if you hate Patreon. Uh, And thanks for listening. And thanks for being creative um, or not if you don't want to be and you're not interested in it. Yeah, if you're low in openness, then you don't have to. But you might be high in something else like neuroticism. Who knows? (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) This can't be right, right? Next time on Seriously Wrong, Sean and Aaron discover something that is neither repetition nor novelty nor a novel repetition. Tune in to find out what it is.